0: Welcome to Flagon cool Kuwe Talks. These are conversations about how, as people, we have ways that lead us in positions that are defined as paving a new path for a certain style, language, or generation. I'm the founder of the clothing brand, Flagon cool Kuwe FW for short. You can get our way on the Instagram profile at Flagon Bros and DM us also on our Facebook page. We go as Flagon Views. I will be sitting with majestic beings that have helped me build my brand, whether it was up close or from afar. Today we have Sam Marshalls, Marshall, <laughs> <laughs> giving you a new are we, surname. <laughs>
1: are we already starting with my <laughs> different surname? <laughs> uh, Sam Marshall, <laughs> Mar- Marshalls. <laughs> Hey, I've been called, I've been called Masala as well, so <laughs> it's fine, Sam, Sam Masala, so Mas- fine, I can live with it. <laughs> um, so Sam
0: Marshalls, Marshall, I can't, I can't un Marshalls, man, we have, today, okay, Sam.
1: For the, for the basis of this conversation, I'll be Sam Marshalls. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll just, we'll add the S. Today we have Sam. Thanks, um... Yeah, it's always difficult to talk about yourself um, and then kind of explain your history. But I think like every South African, my story is very similar. I had a dream. I'm sure that's a Martin Luther. (laughs) uh, I had a dream. Um, But yeah, I had a dream. And uh, it was was interesting because I grew up uh, in the 70s um into the 80s into the 90s where South Africa was going through quite a transition and I was reflecting about it this morning especially with the passing of advocate George Bezos and I don't know in which point in time somebody will listen to this podcast but yeah he did pass on the 10th of September 2020 so it's been quite an interesting hectic year and I did reflect on the fact that I was there when South Africa ushered in a new democracy Mm. and that I was able to live a life pre-our democracy and post-our democracy. And then also the benefit of living in that transition. But I don't want to go way back. You asked me a very pointed (laughs) question. So, yeah, I had a dream. I wanted to be a journalist. I um, always looked for those opportunities and then one day an opportunity was given to me my brother who is a very well-respected journalist in South Africa uh, I went to him and I said look I want to learn this trade I'm passionate about this trade and yeah I used to have a job at retanga Junction which I don't know at which point in time you'll listen to this podcast but retanga no longer exists <laughs> Um, and I think they're in the final stages of actually closing it down and knocking down um, some of those iconic rides. Mm. And I would spend a couple of hours with him in the morning, and then I would go off to work. And um, yeah, and just this thing. And and I. The funny thing is, I always knew what I wanted to be. I knew when I was a little kid already. I used to walk around with this uh, broken tape recorder and record myself and listen to some of the big names. Um, in in the media industry at that time was Dimitri Jagels, Clarence Ford, and these were some of the early non-white presenters on platforms like Good FM, which is one of the, the longest-running radio stations um, in operation in South Africa. And so it kind of started there, and I've kind of stuck to my path, a, a little bit boring. I mean, I'm now in my, uh, heading towards 50, and I'm still doing what I, I kind of set out when I was... Five, six, seven years old.
0: Yeah, how old were you when you got your first? I can say big break, maybe a check from what you are doing today.
1: How old was I when I got my first check? Um, or I don't even know. People do. I still talk about checks, <laughs> but I mean, when I got my first payment, I think I was in my twenties. But ju- just remember that, and I maybe it's quite interesting with because. Before I actually worked as a journalist, I used to go around introducing myself as a journalist. I used to lie about where (laughs) I used to work. So it's what we call manifestation today. You've got to see yourself. You've got to create vision boards. But I used to walk around introducing myself. I remember um, going into an event where there was a bunch of other journalists and kind of hyping myself up and kind of talking about the work (laughs) that I'm doing, who I'm working with. That I at some point I even said I think I'm, uh, I'm doing some side hustle work for CNN. <laughs> I was living, I was living the, living the, truth, not a lie, living yeah. the truth, before I was living the actual physical space.
0: Yeah, and I mean the 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 podcast today is about uh pioneering you know as i look at myself as starting you know the clothing brand flag Coolway, and i say to myself oh i've pioneered a way where um we don't shop at the mall because most of the things at the mall um you know i can't find my size i'm too tall you know i can't find you know my you know my height or anything like that you know whether it's skinny or, you know, oversized people. So um, what can you say during that point made you feel like, okay, I'm pioneering something, I'm starting something that no one from where I come from or no one at that point can uh, do it the way I was doing it when you were in your 20s? That was
1: a crazy question. That is a crazy question because... The word pioneer, I've never thought of that word, nor does it sit in my lexicon or is it in my space, to be honest with you. I have been quite stubborn about the things that I've wanted to do and how I've gone about doing it. And even now, as I'm much older, I'm still stubborn. So if somebody tells me it can't be done, I want to do it. I don't want to follow the processes. I don't want to write out long business plans. I don't want to go and investigate whether there's a gap for me in the market the way the, the traditionalists tell us th- it should happen. Um, so I, I don't follow that model on any level. Uh, if I want to start a news platform, I started one. I wanted to start a radio station with no money, I started one. Um, I I did a whole bunch of things, and all I then did was I realized that the moment we had brand live, we had a physical radio station which we are used to have at 27 boxes, and it's kind of now moved into something else, into pure podcasts. But at the time, it was here's a radio station. How do I fill 16, 17 hours at a time? I open up the radio station to anybody who had a show idea. All you had to do was come. Tell me what your show idea was, and you would be on the next day. And we had shows like uh, Motivational Wednesday. If you go into our brand live platform, you'll see the shows. We had Vuzi Choir in our little um, studio that was seen more than 30, 40,000 times on YouTube. We had a relationship show that was religious, quite an interesting show. We had, um, we had Outer, we had Section 27, we had some really big brands in our radio station, and we've given opportunities to many of them before us out and never had a podcast now they have a podcast and we went to go and i went and i had a chat with wayne about it and now they've got their own studio so it was really about just opening up platforms and at the time there was cliff central was doing something um he then went into partnership with touch hd massive metro came after us Um, and yeah, we've just been slowly sticking to our lane, doing our own thing without much fanfare and just kind of doing the stuff that we love. We don't have to be, we don't have to brag about what we do. Um, I mean, we now live in a world where you need exposure and you need all of those other things. But I think the interesting bit was that it was just something, it was a passion. I wanted to do something. I did it. Yeah. You know, I, I just did it.
0: Would you say that? Uh, when you were doing all of that, was it a form of, okay, I want to educate these people or was it a form of, I want to give these people a platform so they can always be here or they can always grow?
1: So it comes from a place of, uh, it comes from an inferiority complex, to be honest with you. Um, because I grew up incredibly poor and so my siblings I think it just changed the way we do stuff so whenever i build something i always wanted to go and find out is this actually a great idea so let me go and talk to the people that seem to have um a a reputation a brand value and if they buy into it then it must be a great idea so to start a little radio station in a container at 27 boxes i then said the only way to get real validation here is let's go and speak to the big guys. Let's go and get out of uh, Section 27. Let's go and speak to Corruption Watch. Um, let's speak to these guys. Let's go and pitch it to them. Let's go and pitch it to HR managers. Let's see. And if they buy into it, then obviously the idea has got legs. Um, same with um, uh, our social TV. Six years ago, I started a, a CSI, CSR shared value news platform. Um, and we're the only dedicated news platform i mean there might be others but they do good news and all of that and i stay away from good news um, obviously we do an element of good news but for me it's about bringing journalists into that space so we don't talk about the lady that's cleaning the n one and doing some really nice stuff we talk about the work that organizations and corporates do in this space i mean it's a 10 point something billionaire industry without the social impact industry where would this country be where would any country be and so we started that six years ago and it was really to see if i start a news platform would pr agencies would respectable individuals send me their content um because that's the 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 real sign of whether it works and i'm happy to say that we get hundreds and hundreds of requests for interviews i interview people internationally we um we get requests from the UK, from New York, from all over the world. People ask us for for to to cover their content, to do yeah. their stories. Yeah, and we've su- and we've covered stories of some of the biggest corporates. Um, we've interviewed some massive giants in the space. We've looked at Discovery when they've given money. We've spoken to Laurie Dipanar. We've sat down with some really big corporate names. The head of Investec. We've. Yeah, this is so much. Yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation uh,
0: uh, most recently with one of my friends and um, he m- told me about uh, giving up and I, I don't know if it's because of I have that lack of in my vocabulary but would you say um, in starting out from when you believed before something materialized, to now things materializing up until this point, was there um, a time when you did not believe you would be where you are? Or even now, is there something you're just like, you know, Lindo, I want this, but it's really unbelievable. But I mean, from, from my track record of getting things that I have not believed in, I might just get it.
1: So Lindo, I've never... Have, have I had days that were tougher than others? Yes. Have I had days where I sometimes question the processes of what we're doing? Yes. Have I had days where I've thought of something not implemented and then kicked myself for it? Yes. But I am quite fortunate in the, when I think of something, I do it. Now, it might not come to plan. It might never Uh, It might never work. So I'll give you a practical example. I was on this mission that I was going to start an experiential TV platform where the content, anybody could create content. We even called it experience. So anybody could input content. Uh, We created the logos, did the TV work. I've got all of it. We shot a ton of shows, and none of that ever went anywhere. Um, The idea is still sitting in the back of my head. Now with the, the way websites are operating, I'm obsessed with the idea of bringing experience back and creating this massive platform for content. And I think we, where YouTube is just a, this massive pit of content, creating a curated platform where people can go on, it's, it's shot, it's paid for content, all of that stuff. So I've always played with that. And then to go and then partner with a traditional platform in a way. What I do get a lot of is I get pissed off a lot. And yes. I get pissed off because I didn't implement the idea. I got pissed off because see I I see a version of my idea somewhere else. Mm. And then it tells me and I and I and I'm quite hard on myself. Why didn't you do it? Um and that's the thing that pisses. So I'm I'm not I don't really get disappointed. I'm I am very competitive. So I get pissed off a lot. And that galvanizes and, and and makes me want to then go out. Think about those processes. How can we do this better? How can we do this faster? How do we get validation? I mean, we took our news platform, and it's crazy. We we took our news platform, and I said, we need validation. And the only way to validate it is to say, okay, who who will buy into it. So we've got a whole bunch of partners, probably South African. I mean, it's a recognized brand. Um, We had every airport screen in the country. Right next to some of the biggest news platforms in, in in the country, and those are the things that I that so the moment I get pissed off, I get motivated. Um, I don't believe in wallowing, so I'm constantly, constantly learning. And because we're a small business, there isn't long processes. We don't have to think of an idea, then go and test the idea, go and develop the concept. If I I'll call up my team and say, guys, from today onwards. We need and, and a lot of people tell you it's risky, but that's the beautiful thing of being a small business owner. Um, you can change and chop and do what you want. I mean, yeah, my team anytime. is my team is only twelve people strong, so I can go and do whatever I like when I want it. And if it doesn't work, we pivot back. Big companies can't do that.
0: Yeah. So um, Sam, just to wrap this up, uh, one last question: mm-hmm. How do you, how how do you then you know give those people? um you know motivation rather to 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 say hey you know like you know it's only you know six months or it's only seven months you know there's going to be other months other years you know where you can rectify this moment
1: first of all let's deal with your situation you're unemployed you've got no money you are looking for a job that's not coming You are looking for opportunities that are not coming. Now what? So that can be a very strong point of departure, the now what? Or you can continue wallowing in self-despair. And for me, it's little things. It's very, there are a ton, a ton, a ton of resources that people just don't know of. First, first thing for me, this is what I would have done. You're asking me a direct question? Yes. If I was say I'm Marshall, unemployed, didn't know what to do, I, and this is, this is my superpower, I start mapping. So the first thing I do is, where are the free Wi-Fi spots? Mm. So I go and find the 10 free Wi-Fi spots that if in the morning, the, the one thing I commit to not doing is I'm not going to spend the day sitting at home. Yes. I'm not going to do that. Obviously, in lockdown, it was incredibly difficult, but we're level two, people can move around. Yes. We're talking about level two. Find 10 Wi-Fi spots that give you the equivalent of half an hour to an hour or the whole day for free. Yes. Number one. Once you find those 10 spots, you have access to the internet. It means you might have to, if you're living in a place like West Dean, it means you might have to walk into Melville, go and sit out on the pavement, go, in, uh, go and find X amount. It might also mean that you walk up to the owner and you say, listen here, dude, I know you can't afford to pay anybody, but I'm willing to clean this restaurant for free because I, and then all I'm asking for is I'm asking for three hours of free Wi-Fi that I can't afford at the moment. But if I work for you and I work for four hours, the, the rest of the day, I have access to Wi-Fi. Yes. It's starting to think about how do we innovate? How do I get access to what I want? So what do I need? I need free Wi-Fi. Who has it and how can I get it? and obsess about that yeah once you've worked that out develop even if you're an actor even if you've got the the, the the worst voice on the planet yeah you've got the worst disp- disposition go and stand in front of a mirror and go and find the friendly most articulated version of you yes go and practice that version because that's the version you need to present to the outside world doesn't matter how hungry you are it doesn't matter how i'm um, down you are but the moment people see a motivated, hyper, and en- uh, energetic, love, love life won't let anything put me down kind of person, people gravitate towards it. Yeah, and so those are the first two things that you would do, and then you don't have the luxury of spending three hours going onto Facebook. Yeah, you have to go onto Facebook, onto social media with a purpose. Yeah. What is my purpose? Flagging My, yourself, my yeah. purpose is at the end of the day, my purpose might be a job, but where do I want to work? Do I want to work in, um, do I want to work in construction? Then you have to go and find every free webinar that is got to do with construction. And in every webinar, you've got to throw a question. You've got to say, hi, I'm Sam. I'm currently unemployed. I have a big dream of being part of construction. How does a young person like me get access to one of you to mentor? Mm. Very similar to the night we met, I yeah. I gave you the microphone and I said to them, "Here's your opportunity. Tell people what you do, and what and you uh, you uh, you got how many jobs that night?
0: Yeah, I got three to four jobs.
1: Three to four jobs, and, and, and you met me, <laughs> and you and my point. What I'm saying is, action needs boldness. You need to just. It might look uncomfortable. People might criticize you for it, but they're not doing what you're doing. Yeah, and so if you can do that, if you are just If you could do those three things, I guarantee you, it might not be month one. Mm -hmm. In month one, definitely, I will tell you what will happen right now. In month one, people are going to start communicating with you. There might be no opportunities. In month two, people are going to want to hear more about you. In month three, people are going to start asking you questions about what are you up to, where are you going. It might take you four or five months to be unemployed, but it's better than sitting on the couch. It's better than not having a plan and a vision. It's better about complaining about not having Wi-Fi. It's better than complaining about not having a plan. It's better being um, worried about my financial situation because your mind is occupied. And if your mind is occupied with the right things and your feet is leading, you're hitting a destination. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) As Simple as that. Your mind is occupied with the right stuff. Your feet is following where your mind is going and the plan is, and eventually you hit the destination. Yeah.
0: Sam the guru.
1: <laughs> and, and, and it's as simple, as simple as that. You can't sell anything if you don't have anything. No. You have to have something. Can't sell a t shirt if you're not willing to spend that last 15 Rand in your pocket to buy a t shirt. Or become smart. Go to somebody, and this is the thing, there's always a way. There's always a way. Go to somebody who's got a printing press and say, buddy, I promise you, with these designs, I mean it won't always be that easy. The guy might say, No, I'm not interested. But guess what? There are 15,000 people with printing presses. Yeah, You just have to be willing to go to all 15,000. Mm. You're going to find somebody in a state of flux who says, you know what? Dude, we are on our knees, but I'm looking for something new that could drive business t- to my business. Yeah. You've just got to be willing to knock on 15,000 doors. Yeah, And it doesn't mean, please don't talk to me about airtime. Please don't talk to me about, I've already told you there are 15 places. At some point I did an experiment <laughs> I'll tell you quickly what my experiment was. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I, I, I decided that I could go for an entire week before COVID, that I, w- I would go for an entire week without buying a single meal. Okay. Right? Obviously, bearing in mind, I'm a journalist, I get invited to events. Mm-hmm. So what I did for an entire week is I strategically plotted events that I was invited to, things, whether it was during the day, whether it was the evening, I went to go look for book launches. In Malville, there's a book launch that normally provide food. For a whole week, I didn't spend a single cent on food because I went to 15, 16 different events where I met people and I ate there. Oh, hey, Tig! I did the same with Wi-Fi. I decided that I was no longer going to buy Wi-Fi. Obviously, now I can't because yeah. obviously I've got <laughs> a team. I need Wi-Fi. But I literally would wake up in the morning and I would go to, I would spend, uh, I would go to a coffee shops, buy one cup of coffee and spend the whole day there doing Wi-Fi. Yeah. Or I would go into a mall. I would literally walk – unfortunately now, malls are so close to each other and they all provide Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah.
1: I would literally go into the mall, take my f- my first 30 minutes for free, mm. then go and sit outside mug and bean because you can pick up the signal. It's yeah. slow, get 30 minutes there, then leave that mall, go to another mall, get an hour over there. Then you'll find that the mall in Benmore Gardens gives you three, three hours free Wi-Fi. Oh. And the moment you know, you've got access to Wi-Fi all the time.
0: Yeah. It's just
1: you've... Cutting costs. You're cutting costs. You just have to be smart about
0: it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sam, about that. So this was episode one of and Coolware Talks. Uh, Please plug in into episode two. It will be dropping, and I will be having our guest, Po Mohari um environmentalist thank you bye guys